Welcome to Ridge to Ridge Outdoors Podcast. Brought to you by Willow Creek Archery. Located in Temecula, California and serving SoCal for over 32 years as a premier archery shop with a 13-lane indoor range. Brett and his staff will have you 10 ringing in no time and get you confident for the upcoming season. It has everything you need to get you on the podium or filling freezers. Willow Creek has all the major brands and specializes in bow hunting, target shooting, and tuning bows. And Tricer USA for all your lightweight backcountry hunting needs. For the lightest and fastest glassing system on the market, check out the GTP1, trekking poles, and bino adapter. Make sure you use promo code R2R for 15% off at checkout. It's all right. You can cough on the podcast. Okay. Brett, how you doing? So far, so good. Did I heat you up with that conversation? Yeah, now? I'm ready to go. <laughs> you all fired up. <laughs> okay, let's make sure these levels are good. I think we're good. Can you hear good? Everything's yeah, I hear good? everything clear. All right. What have you been up to, man? Oh, back to work now. Yeah. Had a little fun hunting, but now I'm back to work. Yeah. Getting ready for the next hunt. That'll be in January. Yeah. So. I mean, I've been MOA, or I've been uh, MIA for a while. A little bit, you know? Yeah, no, I thought you completely disappeared. I haven't seen you guys. I know, man. We uh, we just kind of just been laying low and working. You know, just shit happens, you know, and it, it's tough. It's tough to, to, you know, I've been doing it a long time. Like, this isn't. You know, yeah. my first week doing it. I've been doing it for a few years now, <laughs> and it's tough. It's 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 work. It's not it's not easy to work all day and then take care of what you got to take care of at home, and then plan for hunts, and then save money, and then no life gets in the way. It does. A lot. It does. And and it, it's you know sometimes you lose passion for things. And um, I was talking to my wife about it, and she's like, "You love to talk to people." I'm like. You make it sound so weird when you say, like, oh, you love to talk to people. I love hearing from people, like, what they have to say. I kind of agree with your wife. You like talking. Yeah, it's cool, though. <laughs> like, if it wasn't for liking talking, you know, this well, podcast wouldn't be, wouldn't be here. Well, you wouldn't be able to do a podcast talk. It, it wouldn't be here at all, you know, and, and think about all the good information that's come out of this cast. Yeah. You know, a lot, you know. But, yeah, so I, I'm back at it. Um, we're going to be having more and more casts come out. You know, uh, as as weeks go by, uh, twenty twenty three, we have some big things planned. We have some cool things coming. What up. about twenty twenty four? That's a little far <laughs> out. There. Oh yeah, twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have some cool things uh, planned, man, and um, it should work out pretty good. It, I'm pretty excited about it. So I kind of got that passion back. Well, good. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a yeah. good deal again. But you're back to work at it, huh? Yeah, I got uh, just got back from that Bass Hill hunt mm-hmm. in Northern California. That was fun. It was a little disappointing. wasn't like it used to be. Right. Uh, after 15 years of all my buddies getting drawn and telling me all the great stories on how to pass up all the small bucks. Yeah. Because you'll see the big bucks and mm-hmm. have to push them out of the way to get to them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my buddy went up with me. He got drawn last year, and he's helped people for the last six years, his dad, girlfriend, friends. Right. And... I've even measured deer from guys, and they told me, oh, yeah, this I got this 167-inch deer. Was, I had to shoot the small one because we ran out of time and right. couldn't get the big one. You know, they're just mm-hmm. everywhere. So we get there. <laughs> I think in, like, seven or eight days, we saw, like, five bucks. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, if you count the ones in town that were these little dink forks, right. you know, we saw probably a dozen of those. But nothing – I mean, this is downtown and in people's yards, and these are literally little forkies and three-bys right. that are eight inches wide. So that doesn't really count. No. But we went all over. My buddy, like I said, has been there for six years in a row and uh, went to all his spots. And some places we weren't even seeing does. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because the weather hadn't hit yet, and so the snow hadn't pushed them down, because mm-hmm. that's kind of a migratory area. Yeah. So it takes uh, a little bit of weather to get them off the mountains and come through there. Uh, there's, there was plenty of does around, they said, so the bucks will stop in there. Right. But, man, we just we weren't seeing anything. Right. Uh, I chased a couple four-bys around that were a long ways away and, you know, made a stock on them and, you know, spent a couple hours doing it or yeah. a few hours. And first one was gone, you know, after I got there. Right. And, uh, and that was the day it snowed. We did have a snow day. Right. But it, I don't think it was quite enough to change everything. Mm. So the bucks were still searching for, you know, does and heat. 
And so they're moving, you know, if they didn't have a doe, they're moving, moving fast. Right. You couldn't keep up with so them. So when you'd see them, you would just see them trotting, looking? Yeah, like the, well, the first day, first morning, we went out, and my buddy spotted one. I don't know how he spotted it. Guy's got eagle eyes. So was, this is this is a guy that's been there for yeah, six years. Yeah, it's been there six years. R- real quick, how has he been there six? He just goes with his buddies every yeah, year? Yeah, so he drew last year, and he drew about eight years ago. Okay. And then his dad was drawn the year before, so he helped him. His girlfriend was drawn the year before that. Yeah. So he's always had a buddy. He mm-hmm. loves going up there, so he's just been helping everybody. So he hasn't drawn every time. He's only he's But he has drawn twice. So we're driving down the road though, and he's spotting. He spots this nice buck bedded 250 yards away in the timber. Right. While we're driving, I mean it's a dirt road. We're going slow, but I'm I'm looking at my binoculars, going, "What are you looking at?" And he goes, "Oh, look up higher." And I see this buck. I'm like, "How the heck did you see that up there?" <laughs> caught and it. And so our other friend who had the tag, an older gentleman, he went up there and he kind of blew that one. They got right in on it, but he missed the shot. Right. So we're like, okay, cool. You know, it's first morning. We see a nice buck. It was a nice four by three, pretty good size one. And uh, so then we see a nice four by four in this burn area, really dark horns, really cool oh, yeah. looking, but he's just moving. There's no does and he's just like sniffing and moving. There's like, he's over a quarter mile away. There's no way we're going to catch he's him. He's not stopping. He's across the canyon on another yeah. ridge. So we go back there the next morning. And uh, he's there again with some does. But they're kind of moving around, so I'm like, I'll go after them. This is the day there was snow on the ground. Right. So I go way around, come up over them, and and they're not there. And Mm -hmm. I see tracks. I can see the does bailed off on my side, and the buck just kept going down the ridge. So the does weren't ready, so he lost interest, I think. It just took off. So that was half a day stock right there for nothing. He was gone. Um, We did see a pretty cool bear. Uh, driving up there, and I had a bear tag, but he was about 160 yards away across the canyon, and this had been a 400-pound cinnamon bear, right. just beautiful, long hair, super fat, but there's no way we could get yeah. on him. So Tell me this. If you saw that bear, when you saw that bear, if you had a gun on you, would you have shot him? Yeah, I haven't shot an animal with a gun in 30 years. <laughs> so, so would you? But have he done was it? within. Yeah, you could have shot him real easy. Well, I know, I know. Uh, 130 yards, you could easily shoot. I'm saying, would you have shot him with a gun? No, I I don't <laughs> shoot anything with a gun. Look at my sheep. I mean, I know. They I told did. me I was all stupid because I didn't take a backup gun. I said, no, I I just like to do archery. If yeah, I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Hey, that's cool. That's that's like that's admirable. You know, like you're a true. A true man of the art, you yeah, know. That's what's fun for me. Yeah, it's what you do. I mean, hey, I shoot I guns out in the desert with my friends every now and then. And, yeah. And I, when I grew up, I, sh- I shot my first year at 12 with a gun. And from 12 to about 21, it was all gun hunting. Yeah. And to me, it was simple. I'd get my deer every year. Yeah. You know, I'd put my crosshair on, pull triggers, done. Okay. Yeah. So when I got an archery, it's like, holy crap, this is hard. And it, it was is. the challenge. I was just like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I can see a deer 100 yards away, and it might take half a day to get to it, you know, mm-hmm. or it might work out in two minutes. You never know. Right. So I was just, that's what drew me into it. It was just so much fun to figure out, how am I going to sneak up on this guy? Yeah. You know, that was the fun part of it. And uh, it's like, if I can sneak up, I'll get him. Right. You know, but, you know, sneaking up sometimes doesn't work. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, there's so many factors. Yeah. Like, so many factors. It's fun. Yeah. I, it amazes me how, how people still to this day or like it amazes me how people back in the day were able to like connect yeah because technology has helped so much right like you look at you look at you know like vortex diamondbacks right like you pick up glass diamondbacks that i'm sure 40 years ago the glass couldn't even compare to that 40 years ago we didn't have i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just saying like in general like just like binoculars yeah you know like the the quality of glass to pick up the amount of animals that we pick up now with the glass we use and everyone's running tripods now i remember when i first started hunting people they were running tripods but not everybody now everybody's running tripods yeah no they're they're evolving yeah with like you said, with the technology, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it does make a huge difference. It does for sure, but it just blows my mind. You know, you see all these old pictures, and and guys are running around in Levi's and red shirts. Oh yeah, we sit on the hill with our eight power binoculars, oh, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> try and find something. Mm-hmm. And you see it, you wouldn't know what it was, but it's like, well, let's go down there and check it out. Go check know? it out. That's pretty. What, is that was that what it was like when you were when you were starting out? Yeah, I started out with the cheap eight power binoculars and. Mm-hmm. Then everybody convinced me I needed tens, and which I did. Right, <laughs> and that was that was a game changer at the time. With the tens, no, none of us talked about a fifteen. Nobody, I don't think they even heard about it. Did they? Um, 
Were you running tripods back then? No. Yeah. No, like, we were not just even a thought. walking around, glass in a canyon. No, there's nothing there. Let's go to the next canyon. Mm-hmm. Glass a little bit in that one, you know, or let's just follow this trail and see where it goes. And just get it in. Yeah. No, now it's, it's totally different now. Yeah. I mean, but you learn as you do it. I've been doing this for, shoot, I've been hunting for over 50 years and I've been archery hunting for almost 40. Right. So I've learned a couple things on the way. Yeah. Well, right. You know, and getting back to your Bass Hill, like that big four by four that you guys were checking out that, that chocolate horned one. Yeah, no, I lost him and we went back there almost every day in the morning, looking to see if we could catch him again somewhere and never did. So then we went to uh, another section. It was all sagebrush. Yeah. And my buddy told me, he goes, this is going to take two of us because you're not going to be able to see once you get in there. Right. So, and it was, this sagebrush was like five, six feet tall. So we got up on top and started glassing. I, I found a buck, chased a, chased a doe out where I could see him. So we watched him and he's just, she must've been hot cause he was just chasing around circles. So mm-hmm. like, okay, I think he'll stay in the air and I'm going to go after him. So those guys stayed up on the hill. So I figured it was about a mile. It turned out to be almost two miles away. Right. So I got down there, way back in there, and I called them and asked if is they still there because I can't see anything. All I see is sagebrush around. They go, no, no, they're still there. Keep going. So I finally get out to this grassy spot. I call them again. I said, is he still out here? And they said, yeah, they're kind of moved. I don't know where you are, but they're still in the same general area. They've moved up the hill a little bit. And I finally saw them, and I'm like, okay, I got them. I got them, but they're 160 yards away. Mm. And uh, so I'm watching them, and, and they go, well, don't worry about it because he keeps chasing the doe back down like to where you're at. Yeah. And uh, she wants to go up, but he keeps chasing her down. So you'll be fine. Just stay there. So I keep watching them, and I can't move because I'm out of cover now. And they go over the little little hill right there. So I wait till the last one because now he's picked up like eight does. They all go over the edge. So I sneak across. I catch them again. They're all right in front of me, 150 yards. Mm. <laughs> Did this three times. Got the closest I ever got was 140, and every time it was a little grassy spot between us. There's nothing I could do. Yeah, you can't do nothing and they, about and it. And she kept wanting to go uphill, and he kept trying to push her down. But they would just keep like doing circles, but the circles were going away from me. Right. So there's nothing I could do. So I called these guys and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they're like, Shoot him! Shoot him! He's right there. And I'm like, No, dude, he's 150 yards from me. I'm, I'm two miles away. So to them, it looked like I was, you know, yeah. kicking them. And I'm yeah. like, no, I'm 150 yards away. There's nothing in there. I can't move. Yeah. So I did that till it got dark and it didn't work. You know, I ran out of light, hiked back and said, well, let's try something different. And mm-hmm. we glassed everywhere. We had a few places to go. And we were, I found a lot of small bucks, like forkies and three buys that were literally like 10 to 15 inches wide i mean just little dinks you know right. immature bucks yeah not not 10 or 13 points worth no yeah. no i wasn't gonna waste my tag on that you right. know i mean i like deer meat but i needed a i wanted to get a california mule deer right. so um and i wanted to get something you know that'd make book and you know something fun to shoot so we kept looking kept going to all these spots hiking everywhere we just were not seeing anything and then we'd have a couple days that even in town, when we're leaving, there was nothing there. No does, no bucks. And it's like, and then we'd go by these guys' ranches that some days there'd be 40 deer out in their field and there'd be nothing. And it's like, what happened today? Yeah. What changed? You know, the weather's been like the same the whole time. It pretty much after that snow day, it stayed, I'd say like 25 degrees in the morning and 50 degrees in the afternoon. And, uh, but we didn't have any more snow or rain or anything. And so one day there'd be animals around, we'd glass up, and the next day you couldn't find animals to save your really? life. And so I'm like, <laughs> we're teasing my buddy, going, hey, what happened to all these deer you got to push out of the way to get the big one that's standing there 30 yards away, you know, right. just staring at you like you've been telling us. And uh, he's like, man, I have never seen it like this. You know, I've, last six years it hasn't been like this. And so, ah, uh, okay. So there was this BLM property on the edge of town. And I had some friends that told me before I'd left that, hey, there's bucks on there. You know, there's houses on three sides, but you can go hunt there. You know, it's far enough away from the houses. So we drive over there, and sure as heck, there's a buck bedded on the top of this hill. And he's got like eight does with him. And they're all laying down. So we park the truck right there where the BLM hits the street. And I take off to go after him. There's a big tree in the way. So I get up to the tree, and I look, and... Six of the does or seven of the does are standing up, kind of looking my way. 
And the buck's still looking there like he's in a daze. He's not even looking at anything. Doesn't even care. He's not even looking at the does. He's like just out of it. And there's a doe bedded next to him. So I thought, well, if that doe stands up, he'll stand up because that's the last one. So she stands up. I pull back, and he stands up. Well, I'd been ranging it through the bush, and my rangefinder kept going from 40 to 54. And I'm like, what is going on with my rangefinder? Because it's, right. I mean, I, I used to like a rangefinder. It works really, it's always worked really good, uh-huh. and it's still good today. But what I didn't know is there was these little spindly sticks of sagebrush that you couldn't even really see. They were black. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's from an old burn or something, but like less than a quarter inch, and I was catching those. So when he stood up, I'm thinking, well, I think he's 40, because that's the number I kept getting the most of. So I shoot and go like a foot underneath his chest. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, shit, he wasn't 40. He was more like 54, like the first one I yeah, got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he runs up like 20 yards. The does run up, and then he starts just circling, sniffing everybody's butt. Yep. And I'm like, shoot, they're, they're, he doesn't even care. I'm going to go up and get another shot. Yeah. So I start walking up in the rocks behind these guys, and the does look back at me like, yeah, we're not sure about you. And they start like kind of walking off, and a couple of does were looking the other way, so he stayed there just sniffing them. So I watched, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna. I think this is close. I'm gonna get. So let me range it. So I'm getting 70 yards. I'm like, okay. He wait till he clears, and he, he kept turning. I'd pull back, and he'd turn away from me. Yeah. Sniffing a doe. Then he turned broadside again. I'd pull back again, and finally he just walks. The does start walking away. So he just stopped and like looked up at him, like, "Where are you guys going?" And he just stood there broadside. So I'm like, okay, put my pin on there. As soon as I shot red spot right where I was looking, I'm mm. like, oh, perfect. So he bounds off. They all bound off. Yeah. So. Uh, he kind of went over the crest of the hill, so I walk up there to find my arrow. My buddy, he'd been down watching with binoculars. He comes up, and he goes, you get him? I go, oh, yeah, I got him. He's, he's dead. I'm not worried about it. We just got to right. go find him. So we find the arrow. It's covered in blood, but there's no blood on the ground. We find, like, three drops. Right. And he goes, I thought you got him good. I go, now I saw the blood spot as soon as I shot. And uh, but I go, these are his tracks because since it had rained a few days before, right. the ground was still soft, so I could tell where he ran. So we followed around. Well, we crest the hill, and down at the bottom of this hill, I see these houses, these two, like, custom homes. And I'm like, oh, crap, this hill goes all the way down their property. I look at my Onyx. I'm like, they own part of the backside of this hill. Right. So Was it posted? No, there's nothing posted there. But I wasn't going to go on their property, you know. Right. No, I get it. I didn't want to get in trouble. So I start zigzagging all over the hill looking because I kind of lost his tracks. And... uh couldn't find it, and I'm like, man, I need to go down there closer to the house to see in the sage. Right. So I called my buddy because he was in my truck still, and I said, hey, drive around the mountain here and uh, go to that street, and we'll, we're up on top. We'll tell you where to turn, you know, so we can see quite a ways. And yeah. So we kind of guided him into this house, and he parks there, and he goes in. This lady was so pissed off. <laughs> These aren't your deer. These are our deer. I hate hunters. You know, you guys are awful. Get yeah. the hell off my property. So he gets back in the truck, drives off, calls us up, says, yeah, it ain't happening. I'm like, oh, man, I hope it didn't go on her property then because yeah. it's just going to rot. So I'm looking all over zigzag and find a really nice shed while I'm doing it. And my buddy, he'd stayed a little higher and walked over. Well, he walked right to it. The deer didn't go anywhere. When it crested the hill, it turned left and fell over. It just fell right there. Yeah, so it was laying right there, so I didn't have to worry about it. It was all fine. Yeah. Um, So we drag it down. It's dark now. We drag down, and I see at my truck, there's another guy talking to my buddy, and I'm like, oh, crap, what do we got now? Yeah. So we leave the deer on the edge of the the sage right there, and I walk down to the road. Hey, what's up? It turned out this guy's super cool. He goes, yeah, I watched you. I saw you go up on the hill. Yeah. Couldn't tell if you got it or not. And, oh, yeah, everything worked out good. And I go, but we had problems. We asked the lady if we could walk down. It was, We didn't need to. And he goes, oh, yeah, we've had problems with them before. He goes, this, no, no, it's great that you guys are up here shooting and stuff. Oh, man. So he turned out to be really cool. Yeah. And he says, oh, yeah, I got bucks in my yard. He just lived across the street from where we were parked. He goes, they broke the mirror off my wife's car, oh, slamming dude. into it. We hear him hit the house at night. He goes, they're, they're fighting? Oh, yeah, they're fighting and they're chasing the does and running into stuff. And it was just nuts. <coughs> and he said, it's been going on for like a week. And we're like, man, we're not seeing anything. Yeah. This is like the first one that was acting ruddy that we saw, well, the one the day before. Um, so that worked out. You know, so I got, it was a nice three by four. It wasn't huge, but I mean, I knew he'd make California book. So that's yeah. all I cared about. And at that time, especially since we weren't seeing anything, I'm, and I only had a few days left, I'm like, I'm not going to be picky now. Right. These stories I heard aren't happening to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to have to shoot what I can find. Right. I just didn't want to shoot a little dink, forky, or two no, by three. I, which is understandable. 
you know. Yeah, like, so it worked. I mean, he was a nice three by four. He had like three inch eye guards. Yeah, it's good. So he was cool looking buck. So yeah, I was absolutely. happy with it. Yeah. So then I stayed a few days to help my other buddy, but man, we could not find any deer. Couldn't turn nothing up, huh? Nothing. We uh, saw the same. Well, there were some new bucks, but they're all two by threes and they're mm-hmm. like small, 12 to 15 inches, like little immature deer. Yeah. We weren't going to shoot that. <coughs> so I ended up leaving on Thanksgiving. He stayed a few more days and he saw one, missed another one. Uh, he said it was about the size of the one I shot, and mm-hmm. that was the only thing he saw, so he went home. He's actually probably called me or t- texted me today. He asked me if I thought it was worthwhile. And I said, yeah, they're getting weather there now. I'd definitely go back. You How know, long is that hunt? It goes to December 10th, so it was like three weeks. Oh, you better, <coughs> I think it started days. on November 20th and went to December 10th, something yeah. like that. Yeah, he should go. So I told him, I said, yeah, I would definitely go. You get, you can take the time off, which he can. Yeah. And he's kind of semi-retired. So oh, I said, he goes, well, what about the roads? Because well, I can tell you some stories. I just about rolled my truck. Right. <laughs> We we made the big loop around this creek area, and we come out by this highway. And so before you get to the highway, it the road almost turns into like looks like gravel, and it crosses right. a creek, and then it's all gravel on the other side. And there's like two houses right there, and then you kind of go to the freeway or the highway. So we stop and look, and we're probably five feet above the creek, but it looks like that road just goes right into the creek, crosses it, and goes up. Well, we didn't know the water had undercut the bank. Yeah, it eroded it. Yeah, so. I go drive down that, and it wasn't just a gradual slope. It just collapsed. So my right front dipped, and the truck started, like, rolling over. Right, right. I mean, I, I see the guy in the back seat. <laughs> Mike's flying by me like, oh, shit. So I stomp on the gas because I had four-wheel drive, and it takes us into the creek, straightens us out, and we hit a hole, bounce the whole truck up uh. onto the next level, and then finally get out, get on the other side. It's perfect road again. We're right. Like, Oh my God, what the hell just happened? And I, we all thought it was rolling. It, the truck was literally on its side when Ugh, I gassed it to right. straighten it out. So we're like, well, we're not making this loop anymore. It's, it's not worth it's it. It's just tearing the truck yeah, up. We can't come back. We can't go out this way. Yeah. So, and then, so then it, because the snow melted and it rained the first day and then snowed that night mm-hmm. and then melted, a couple of the roads just turned to snot. I mean, yeah. it was awful. So we went to that place where I saw the big four by four, see if we could find them again. And uh, it's so slimy, we're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, the truck just starts sliding sideways. Yep. And the road's only as wide as a truck, and the creek's down below about 20 feet, and it's just a gradual slope. But it's one of those where, yeah, if your edge tires go off the edge, you're just going to roll that 20 feet down. Would you roll or slide? No, you would roll. Oh, man. Yeah, it was just steep. enough to where it would make you flip the truck over. Oh, man, that's not and good. And I'm like, oh, we got to get out of here. And I'm like, but I can't turn around. The road's as wide as a truck. It's a hole on the left, and the drop below so we're going like one mile an hour hugging the edge and sliding all over have to go like 200 yards like this and finally get a place where we can turn around but now we have to come back you gotta go back and we're sliding back and forth like sliding towards the edge and coming back over you could turn the tire all you wanted you just kept going straight didn't matter it was it got a little hairy in places so he was a little afraid about going back and i said well it looks like the weather dropped. So if it stays in the 20s, because when we'd go out there in the morning, it's like driving on asphalt. Yeah, because it's frozen. frozen solid. Mm-hmm. So I said, you could drive on it in the mornings. Just don't go in the afternoons. It'd right. be okay. But uh, he, he might try it again. But. Well, listen, he, you know, he's got time left. If he runs out there um, and he's not picky, I'm sure he can smash something. Well, he not said he's, too far yeah, off he's the road. not going to wait too much because after what he's been through and not seen anything. Yeah. If. I think if he goes for just a few days, the mm-hmm. first day, he might be looking for something like mine or bigger. Right. After that, he's probably going to be, I'll just shoot a buck and go home. You know, it's funny. There, there's people that are going to listen to this podcast right now, right? When, and they're going to be like, well, at least you've seen deer. <laughs> because of SoCal, you know? Yeah. Like, it's so tough here. Well, Northern know? California's got animals. That's oh, yeah. different than Southern California. It is. And, and that's what, like, we've always preached is, like, listen – like, just because there's not a lot of deer here doesn't mean that other places don't hold a lot of deer. And, like, when you refine your skills here and you become proficient in glassing here, yeah, you, you go, go out anywhere. and you, you're going to find deer anywhere. Well, to know? rub salt in the wound, I leave Thursday morning, Thanksgiving, so I could be home. I, I got home in time for, for dinner with everybody. Right. So I leave at 3 o'clock in the morning. So my I, truck's parked. We were staying at this Airbnb truck's parked about 20 yards from the house so i take the first load throw it in the truck and i have one more load of stuffle bag and crap to grab i go get it i walk to the back of my truck in front of my truck like 15 feet from me is like a 164 by four 
And he's just looking at me like, oh, what are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding. I mean, we're in town, so there's nothing you could have right. done. But I'm like, really? That You're just going to stand here? Right. Yeah. 15 feet from me, just look yeah. at me like, oh, hi. Yeah. Was he all rutted up? Beautiful yeah, everything. Neck. I got pictures of even like two by threes whose neck was as big as their chest. Oh, man. You know, just Super. ready to go nuts. Mm-hmm. They're like too small. But the young bucks seemed to be really going at it, you know, right. but the bigger bucks were kind of holding off. So I, I think it was just too early this year. It might have been. Like, yeah. well, and then so you know how, because that's like, you know, Bass Hill is, you know, northeast. Yeah. Of California. Right. Like, last year's winter was no joke. No. Well, yeah, my buddies went there. There was, you know, a foot of snow on the ground everywhere. Yeah. And they were into all kinds of deer. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you know how they were talking about winter kill? I don't know how bad it affected California. I really don't. But I would assume that. Some spots. Some. That may have been. They said, we talked to a lot of locals, and they were kind of confused as why it was like it was right now. Because they said, no, this isn't normal. Yeah. I asked him, well, did you have a winter kill? And I go, ah, you know, we had a lot of snow and stuff, but it really wasn't that bad on the animals. But they said one of our big problems is our lions are totally out of control. One guy showed me a picture. He had eight lions that they filmed in the town right below us, all together, basically. They're and, running together? Yeah. And then where I did that one stalk, that two-mile stalk in the sage, guys were saying, oh, yeah, we've been up here glassing and seen – We'll see, oh, there's a lion chasing a deer. Oh, there's another lion laying under the bush. Oh, there's another lion. Oh, really? Yeah, and this is area, this little sage area is like two two miles by four miles. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing like three, four lions. And, I mean, all these guys are seeing it. There's like 30 tags in this unit, and we saw about half the hunters, you know, because mm-hmm. we went everywhere. Yeah. And everybody had the same thing. There's too many freaking lions So everywhere. they were seeing them. Oh, yeah. People were seeing lions. I saw three lion kills when I went through that sage. Mm. found does you know that had been killed by lions yeah. in there and we think we got a problem here like i'm not downplaying the problem we have here because we have a significant lion problem oh, it's here. bad here too but, it's bad everywhere in california the thing is is like there's clearly more more lions up there because there's more deer there's more food there's more food up there like down here we have a problem and we have uh deer that are hard to find yeah up there they're not hard to find like yeah you aren't you're not finding the bucks that you want to see Right? Like, you don't, you're not finding the 160, 170 class that you're looking for. Right. But you're still seeing deer everywhere you're looking. Yeah, no, there's plenty of food for them. Right. So, and that's with no it, predator control, it's right. gotten out of hand. And up that's there. the thing. Like, predators in California are getting to a point where it's like, at what point does, you know, California step in? They won't. Oh, well, I know they won't. For I'm just lions, saying. They'll like, never touch it, so it's going to be a problem. It's just going to get worse. Right. That that lion aspect, like the lion issue, is never going to go away unless the people vote that. Right. Yeah. It, which it, it it's just never going to happen. Like, that's not a legislative act. Like, we can't have, we can't have our legislators overturn that. The people voted that in. Yeah. So, it has to go back to the people, which is a daunting task. And, and unfortunately... Ultimately, what's going to happen is all these lions, you know, California still pays money every year to take lions out of the population. That happens every year. Oh, they shoot more lions with depredation Correct. permits than we ever did with sport hunting. Correct, which is wild to me, right? And, you know, n- not to mention bears up there are doing numbers on them, and we don't have a huge population of bears south of the 10. But, I mean, I hear rumors and I hear from people that say they that they are, like, in Julian, like they've seen bears in Julian. Mm. This is something that I've heard, like firsthand. Yeah, I've never and seen I mean, anything down here. I've never seen anything. You know, I haven't seen a trail camera pick or anything, yeah. but I've heard from people. And you know, the predator issue is definitely there. It's a, it's a real deal. But like, what do you do? Yeah, well, they got the bears, coyotes, cats. You can hunt the bears, but <laughs> since you can't hunt them with dogs anymore, it's just kind of a happen to right. be in the right place and, at the right time. Right, and, like, unfortunately for the predators themselves, okay, and, and they'll be like, you know, what's worse, you know, dying from a hunter or dying from starvation? Like, in my head, I feel like dying from starvation would be, you know? I mean, it, it's 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 a 
it's a conversation that that uh, I always like to talk about, and I always like hearing from people on and getting their opinions and getting their yeah, perspective. Yeah, it'd be nice it. if it was managed. They could manage it, have a really healthy population oh, yeah. of lions, mm-hmm. and still hunt quite a few of them. And the meat's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never had it. Been in other states where guys where it's legal to shoot them. Yeah, and everybody eats it. and It's just it's super good meat. It's a good meat. Oh yeah, you got to cook it through though. You can't, yeah. like, eat at medium rare, man. You get, like, trichinosis from that. No, but, I mean, it's just, it's really, really good. You dig it? Yeah. So, it's not like just shooting it for, you no. know, a picture. No. Not you know, at we, all. We would eat it and, you know, tan the hide, do whatever, mount it. Right. You know, use the whole thing, but it's, then it's control. Because mm-hmm. all the land, like, you know, has carrying capacity. Yeah. There should be so many of every animal, and it lives forever. Everything's right. fine. It's but good. you change that balance. Nature will take it over and screw it up well, big time. And it'll take it, 20 years correct. to fix. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because... The second humans made their mark on the landscape, they affected the ecosystem. So when that happened, we have an inherent, like, obligation, right? Almost like a fiduciary agreement, but it's not. It's just an obligation for us to manage the wildlife. When we put our impact on their life, right? Like, when we impact their life, we need to take care of them at that point. Like, we well, need to make sure. that's originally what Fishing Game wanted Correct. to do. Right, and that, that goes in the same thing with the North American model. You know, like it all plays into it. Yeah. And it's not, this is not a fishing game issue. Like if you talk to, fit, to wardens, wardens generally speaking agree. Like they see it every day. They know. They want to see the best ecosystem for the wildlife as much as any other hunter, as much as any other anti-hunter, however you want to spin it, Okay. They, they want to see a healthy population as well across the entire ecosystem. They don't want to see one flourish over the other, but when it is out of whack and it's out of the control, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. It's out of control, and it's all political now instead Correct. of science-based. Correct. It needs to be science-based. Everything else, like, it needs to be science-based. Yeah, science would fix it all. Yeah, it, and it's but, one of those things, man. It yeah. is what it is, but, I mean, I could totally, totally see how they'd have a ton of lions up there. I yeah, well, totally unless my buddy came, comes back from this later of the season hunt up there and says, oh, yeah, it was unbelievable there. All the deer are down. You know, I was seeing bucks everywhere. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend the hunt anymore just because of what we saw and what everybody was telling us how bad the die-off is because yeah. of cats. It's like, well, time to find a new spot. Yeah. You know, it's not getting hammered so well, bad. Well, I don't – I just don't – like, I don't know what to do with my points. I'm at, I'm at like, the point where I got to burn them or save them and go for broke. Yeah. Like, I mean, I got 10 points. Like, I, could, I should burn them. I feel like me and Brian, m- me and Brian, my buddy, we were uh, <laughs> we were talking, and it's like, man, points points hold you back in a lot of states. They hold you back from hunting with your buddies, hunting with your family. Oh, yeah. They do. It's like, oh, you get to a point where it's like, oh, well, you have four points. Well, you might as well save for another two years. Yeah, you can't but plan. Point, you can't plan nothing. You can't. And then the only thing you can do is hunt your local units or any, like, that rep we just had in here. What, I don't know what his name was, whatever. But he was saying, like, in Utah, he can't even draw a, a tag. Yeah, to hunt his own state. To hunt his own state, but every other year. Yeah. I mean, he can get, like, an OTC elk tag, but he doesn't want to hunt that. He wants to hunt He wants to hunt deer. Yeah. And he can't do it. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, his perspective. Yeah. No, it's um, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, my problem is you don't know where you're going to get drawn. Mm-hmm. What if you get drawn next year or you get drawn 10 years? You know, mm-hmm. do you go scout it out every year just in case in 10 years you get drawn? Or right. all of a sudden you get drawn like I got drawn for Bass Hill, and I'm like, oh, shoot, now I got to run up right. there and go. You know, I didn't think I'd get drawn. And uh, it just makes it tough. Well, when you when – you, like for me, I, I don't want to hunt alone. You know, I got all these points, right? <laughs> What's going to happen? I'm going to hunt alone. That's what's going to happen with my points. So it's like, do I want to burn my points and get back on par with my buddy and their point levels? You know, like we my buddy's party apply and then well, right. split the points. Right. And I'm willing to do that and I can hunt with them and we can burn all of our points and we all start back at zero, you know, and, and that's a possibility we can do, but it's not everybody has a ton of vacation. Right. You know, not everybody has the amount of time to go and do these hunts. And then it's like, well, they might be, it's just points, points are good. And I'll never like, I will never tell anyone to not gain points. But I will say like, dude, you get to a certain point, your buddies are going to burn their points and then you're not going to have those points. And you know, I put in and I'll take my points and I'll hunt by myself. Shot my elk by myself. I've gotten deer by myself. 
just because you just don't know. You don't know yeah, when it's going to no happen, idea. and I ain't going to give it up. Right. No, I, just, I get it. I want to hunt. I want to hunt, too, but I want to I want to hunt with my friends. I well, find... I can usually figure that out. I mean, the over-the-counter, though, it's getting tougher in Arizona, but mm-hmm. most all my friends get the over-the-counter tag, so we can always do something in Arizona. Yeah. Arizona sucks, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depends on where you go. <laughs> Arizona, everywhere in Arizona sucks. Don't even bother. <laughs> all right? Don't even bother. But, I, you know, I mean... That OTC tag is is cool. You know, I kind of like the way they do the system now. Oh, I don't. Well, I know, but the opportunity's not there. But I'm saying, like, in the big scheme of things, I like it. it it's better. Arizona manages their game very well, and if they and they enact a process to try to manage their populations better, so be it. Because I'd rather have yeah, it. Yeah, but than they not. changed everything, and some of it I don't think was done with all the data. Like, they decided to make the hunting less for the Mm non-residents, and then they put quotas on all the zones. So now, the first week of the season in August, all the northern zones are done. Yeah. They're closed. Yeah. So if you thought you were going to hunt that September or December or January, no, you're done. you got to find figure out something else. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we, we think all these deer are being killed. Well, you didn't know. Why didn't you take some harvest reports, right. you know, make it mandatory instead of just voluntary. Right. And find out what's going on instead of just saying, no, we're just 10 deer and we're closing it. No, I, I see what you're saying. I could, I see where you're coming from too. You know, now it's mandatory. Like now it's a mandatory harvest. Like right. You have to report it. So. But now it's pushing everybody into the same couple units that are left. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. What I, my, the idea that I have in my head in regards to the way it's done is that Arizona, generally speaking, adjusts stuff that's not right. So give it a few years. It's not, you're not killing 200 deer out of a unit that now you can only take 10 out of anymore. Because that's what was happening. Well, they don't know what was happening. Well, I mean, you could assume. I mean, dude, if they had 10 deer coming off of it in two days, imagine when that season's open for three months a year. Like, it's happening, man. Like, well, I think what's happening is everybody's going gung-ho because they know the chances when they see only 10 or 15 deer are allowed, yeah. everybody's going for well, it. Now they are. Because it's like, that's nothing. We better do it now no, and I, go I, hammer it because I mean, it's going to be over. You guys, you know, you and your friends know more than I do in, in regards to this. I just, I like, to be honest, like I don't think a non-resident should have precedence or have more of an opportunity than a resident of that state. No, it, it's usually split up like, you know, 80-20 yeah. or 90-10. Correct. And this one, it is. It's like 90-10 in Arizona. Yeah. That's what it's to. And, and I agree with that. I agree with fishing game putting quotas on these <laughs> units. It was It was – it wasn't popular until it was, and it wasn't a problem until it became a problem, right? I mean, it's no secret. Look on YouTube. Like, I know that you're not a huge YouTube guy, but all the listeners to this, I guarantee you are, and they've all seen it. They've seen the Go Hunt episodes, you know, 100 deer seen in three days or five days. Like, they, like the opportunity in Arizona is good, and I think it's because of the popularity, I think it's good to limit it. And it sucks for dudes like us that are like, oh, we want to go out there and we want to hunt and individuals that go out there every year and have been doing it for years. It sucks because now you have to get your tag when you can get your tag. Yeah. And if you don't, you're out. You're not doing it. You know? I'd have just liked to seen them make like a mandatory harvest report, kind of like right. California does, where you have to, you have to re- report your harvest or you don't get a tag again. And right. so, I mean, I know there's still people going to cheat and yeah. not turn it in or say anything, but if they made it mandatory and made it to where it's, you know, it affects you by, if you don't do it, you don't get a tag, you're done, you know, right. it's that important. And then get some solid numbers and say, okay, here's what we found. Here's what was reported. And we're going to have a certain percentage for people that, you know, hit it from us yeah. and kind of go from there. but. I- I just, just all think, of a sudden at once say, well, we don't really know. So we're just going to start with these numbers and see how it goes. I mean, but you got to think like the biologists in those units, okay? <laughs> if they see a steep decline, I mean, they, they've had to have seen a decline. I mean, they, they run a healthy ecosystem out there. Their game yeah. management practices are, are some of the best. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't go, oh, 
we want more deer on the landscape, so we're going to limit these numbers on all of the units. It would be specific units if they wanted to do that. And it wouldn't be, you know, they would keep OTC, OTC, like, go, come on, come all. It's not like that anymore. Well, no, not for the last not two years. For, well, right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, So I, I feel as if if this is a bad deal for Arizona, the biologists, they're science-based over there. So they're going to definitely make the changes that are needed. Yeah, well, we hope so. I mean, oh, just well, right, to but. say you can only take 10 deer in this whole unit and it's over in like three days. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you think that might have been a little light? <laughs> I mean, what if they said, what if they said, I mean, how many deer do you think? I mean, I have no idea. I know. I, I, and these are, we're just getting too deep into it without factual yeah. numbers in front of us. We're just, we're just conversating. But I'm just saying, like, if that, that unit historically has been open for three months, you know, and currently <coughs> that unit is not open during the best times of those seasons. Well, no, it always has been because, you know, Arizona has, you know, the, the fall season, you know, like August or September, then December. Then no, no, January. that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like when all these quotas are hit, like when it's hit in August, well, December and January are not open. No, that's what I mean. That, and that's what I'm saying. Like they hit the deer quota in August, which if there's an issue with population in there, then you're not taking these mature bucks off the landscape during the rut, right? When they're more susceptible. I mean, I get it. They're nailing them off of water. Like I understand that. But if there's only 10, they're not uncontrolled harvest. It's not uncontrolled harvest. Whereas if it's open August, December, and January, and it's uncontrolled, it's just these are the seasons. Come on, come all. You're killing more deer than 10 in three months. Oh, yeah, definitely months. they were. And that's what I'm saying. So, like, No, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, it's just opinion. I don't like it. But, oh, yeah. No, I get I mean, it. I'll follow the rules and play oh, yeah. the game. You Listen. know, I'm up first thing in the morning, you know, to get my over-the-counter <laughs> tag while the thing crashes. And, you know, I got, I've been lucky both times, you know, and yeah. got my tag. So yeah. we'll play. And, I mean, last year I was hunting and I was getting ready to go to the other zone. My buddy called, no, never mind, don't yeah. come. It's already filled. Dude. And that was the first, less than the first week and it was funny. done. Uh, my buddy about came through the phone and punched me in the mouth because I didn't get it this year. <laughs> I, well, I didn't get it for 2024. Yeah. And it, I'm going to hunt. I'm going to try to hunt coos with my buddy Matt and, my okay. other buddy was like, dude, how did you not get, I'm like, dude, I don't want to be tempted. I'm hunting coos, you know, I want, you know, whatever. And, and he, he gave it to me. Like, yeah. He, he no, I just want hunting opportunity and with their over the counter tag, you know, you could go hunt a bunch of different places, yeah. and, which we would. So we mm -hmm. could always go out hunting, Yeah. but now it kind of took a little bit of that away. Yeah. Although if we don't mind driving down the Southern part of the state, you, coos seems to be, more than you'll ever take. I mean, these yeah. zones got 175 or 150 oh, yeah. animals, and they don't ever get filled. So you got places you can go play. Yeah, but we were just you know we didn't usually go all the way down there for that all the time. We were more towards the mid state or upper part, and that's pretty much done unless you can jump on it right away. Get on it right away. So we just got to learn to play the new game. It'll. I'm sure it'll evolve. I mean, yeah, Arizona's good. You know, with their their deer management, so I'm sure it will. Dude, what bow are you shooting this year? <clears throat> I know we haven't spoke for a while, but I mean, cast. But what about you? Shooting? I've got the RX-8 Ultra. Um, Hoyt actually was on their game this year. Probably the best they ever have been, as far as when they launched, they had bows ready for everybody. Mm -hmm. So, like my normal ten bow preview pack was here the first day they said it would be. Yeah, my left-handed bow was here like three, four days later. Mm. Um, so, and then all the accessories. They had everything ready. So it wasn't like the normal, like my left-handed bow, I sometimes wouldn't get till March. Oh, really? They'd launch in November, and I'd get my bow in March. Mm. So I got my bow the first in a week. Yeah. So that was just unbelievable. So And Is I like that because then I can shoot it and tell everybody. Because I can shoot right-handed, but I always can tell you a little bit better if I shoot my left-handed one what I really think. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of cool. So I And I like the bow. I was shooting the ARC-7 last year or up until a couple weeks ago. And uh, it worked really good. The RX-8, I think, is a little quieter, so I really liked it. So now I'm waiting for all the other bows to hit. Uh, mm -hmm. I got my left-handed uh, Mach 30 in. The PSC was on top of it for the last two years, too. I got my left-handed bows the first week when they launched, so I don't have to wait with PSC. So right. that's been really nice. Um, 
it's a shorter bow. I've always been a fan of the long bows, but uh, it's got good speed, so guys are going to like that. Yeah. Matthews, I'm not going to have a left-handed bow until March or April. They're oh, way, way behind. They sent a few bows and said, yeah, that's it for a while. Right. They said, if you want some... If you want some quick ones, take a couple of our stock colors, and we'll give them to you in January. Oh. So they're going to send me a couple more 33s next or this week. And they said, if you order anything today, it's April now. Mm. So I got a customer coming in Friday. I told them, like, oh, shit, I'll, I'm going to order it now then because if I got to wait clear to April, yeah. they're that far behind. <laughs> so That lift is going off the shelf that fast? Yeah, well, we got our three in, and I got one left. Um, sold that, the, fir- the two bows the first day. Um, I just got another 29 and a half inch in, uh, yesterday. So right. we got a couple short bows, but everybody's been coming in wanting the longer bows around here. It seems like the 33, 34 bows, that's probably 98% of what we sell mm-hmm. is longer bows. Yeah. Well, there, I, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's more forgiveness in them. Yeah. I think they're more stable, especially mm-hmm. with the longer shots we take out West. Mm-hmm. You know, you put a nice 10-inch bar on the front, a little sidebar, and mm-hmm. I can shoot that thing as far as you want. Yeah. Uh, it's real stable. Uh, so Hoyt's going to do good again this year because their aluminum bow has been really good. So what, What's the new name of that? Alpha X. Yeah, the Alpha X. Alpha X and Alpha X 33. So Hoyt's going to give Matthews a little run for their money. Uh, the lift is impressive because it doesn't weigh anything. It's super light. Mm-hmm. They've redone the limbs. Uh, completely changed that, changed the cam. So guys are coming in, shooting the, that lift and the, and the Hoyt, and they're like, man, I don't know. Yeah. They like them both. They both mm-hmm. shoot that good. So it's going to be a good year for those two. Uh, PSE, they just came out with their uh, aluminum bow, the Evolve DS, but we don't have any yet. Yeah. I think we're supposed to get them this month. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know anything. I've never shot one yet. Is Travis going to get his hands on it? Yeah, well, he'll probably get it when it comes in here, yeah. Um, and we'll see see how it shoots. Because, like I said, right now I know nothing, but supposedly they redid a whole bunch of stuff on it. So, last couple of years it's just been a little tweak on their right. risers and stuff every year. But this year he said it's totally different. So we're curious to see what's going to happen with that. Um, I mean, their evolved cam system back in was it 2016? Best thing they ever did. Yeah, that's a really good smooth cam. I mean, they made aggressive ones now, but they still got the smooth one. Um, so I'm really anxious to try out the new aluminum PSE and see how that works out. Uh, but everybody's got good bows. Just matters what you like. Bowtech came out. We got those. Got the new cores. Um, that's been real popular too. So they got, they actually came out with the longer carbon this year. So mm-hmm. I heard it's heavy. I uh, haven't felt it yet. Yeah. But Hoyt's bow is not light either. Um, PSE is always going to be the lightest carbon bow yeah. out there. Um, but if you think about it, like I still have my levitate, I'll never get rid of that, but I've got a front bar with weight on it, a back bar with weight on it. You're adding weight. Yeah. And yeah. I don't like shooting it unless I got a quiver full of arrows. Then right. it feels great. Right. But a bear bow, I don't like it. I remember when I picked it up, just the bear levitate. I was like, dude, this thing, I feel like this is just going to blow up when yeah, you draw back. Yeah, well, it weighs like 3.4 pounds. Dude, it was like, <laughs> and the size, the length of it, when you pick it up, makes it feel like it's lighter than that. Yeah. It's wild. I was just like, dude, this is <laughs> insane. Like well, that's why, like, Hoyt has added weight. So when they first came out, everybody's like, oh, yeah, carbon, you know, one of the big selling features is how light it was, mm-hmm. you know. But they've added weight to it, and I don't think anybody cares because I think it makes it a little more stable. Yeah. It's still lighter than an aluminum bow. Mm-hmm. It might not be much lighter, but it is, and it shoots a little bit. Carbon shoots different than, right. than aluminum. Right. But um, I don't think the weight's a problem. But PSC's still going to come in at the lightest. Yeah. But like I said, I add weight to it just to yeah. kind of stabilize it out. The only, the only problem, like I like a heavy bow. I do. My Realm X is heavy. Yeah. I think I got four ounces up front i think i got like eight <laughs> ounces in the back. like i got i got some weight on it you Your know target my, though. Yeah. well listen for hunting i like it because i'm only drawing hopefully once right like yeah i'm hiking around a bow that's that's not super light but whatever that 
it doesn't bug me. And when I draw that first initial draw to take that shot, I want that to be rock steady. That's what counts, yeah, it's right? It's going to be stable. It's, it's going to be steady. Yeah, it's going to be stable. The only problem I have with it is when I'm in here shooting one of your leagues and we're shooting 45 arrows or something, <laughs> you know? like, And I'm just like consistently drawing back. But yeah. that's, that's good because then when it comes down to crunch time and I have to make that shot count, like in the field or when I'm practicing it as if I'm shooting at whatever I'm trying to shoot. Well, it's good and practice it's for good. it. I mean, a target bow is even, you know, another third heavier than what your bow yeah, is. Yeah, I believe it. So it's you crazy. should be able to shoot that thing 45 times. Well, listen, I do. <laughs> and you don't even hear it because it just shoots laser beams. Yeah. It's so I hear fast. you crying. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. That bow's fast, man. Like, I, and that's, you know, I, I love my bow. I want a new bow. I just don't know if it's time yet. Yeah. Like I really I love I love it. It shoots good. Man, when I when I had my Rain 7, I loved my Rain 7. And then the limbs cracked. <laughs> and I went through that whole debacle, you know, but when I got that Realm X, at first I was like, "Oh, dude, this thing's super fast, but I don't like it." Because it had that flat-backed grip, you know? Yeah. Like I don't know. I almost feel like they copied Matthews when Matthews switched to the flat back, you know? And it just I eventually got used to it, and now it's like, "Yeah, man." Where's Travis at? I'm going to break him off in the tourney, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll take you up on that one. <laughs> I know. He's borderline pro, you know? But I, all these bows are getting so advanced. Like, I, yeah. I always often wonder, like, how do they continuously get better and better? You know, because every year they, oh, this is the quietest bow we've ever made. Or all these manufacturers are saying, like, this is the best bow we've ever made. And it's like, how? Well, speed's pretty much done. Just because of physics, you can only go so fast right. with what you're working with. So now they're working on everything else from comfort to vibration to sound. And that's something they'll probably always be able to keep tweaking and make it better mm -hmm. and better, just how they design the bow. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool because, like, just from last year, my RX-8 is a lot quieter than the RX-7 was. And all the bows today are so dead in your hand. You don't even feel it when you shoot. Right. No, I don't. You let go of the string, and it's like you didn't shoot anything. The bow's just sitting there in your hand. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. So that's really nice. You can really relax on these shots mm -hmm. now and just really follow through. So yeah. it makes it really nice. Are, uh, are these carbon bows, are they filled? Have you ever seen the inside of one? <laughs> no, I've never seen one cut apart. But Hoyt should be a, it's a hollow tube. Right. PSE is on a foam core. I was just going to say, like, they should put foam in it. Yeah, that's how PSCs is. That's yeah. how they design theirs. Yeah, damn, they're slick looking, man. They're so they're like they're attractive, but new bows look badass. Yeah, and that's why like Hoyt, like like Hoyt sells a lot. <laughs> a the name is catchy. You got Cam Haynes running around with it. You got Joe Rogan running around with it. But they just look appealing. They look like you're going fast. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's when one of the things with the actually the new lift and the uh, Hoyt Alpha X. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, man, I really like the way this riser looks. You know, yeah. both of them they're kind of skeletonized to lighten them up. Yeah, and this look makes them look real cool. Dude, they are rad looking. And it seems to be they're doing it in a way that stiffens up the riser, so that mm -hmm. kind of helps in the performance and yeah. makes them quieter. And you know, they're figuring all these things out with the limbs, limb design, and limb pockets, and. It just gets better and better. Yeah, man. These bows are are turning out. It's insane. Yeah, it's tough. I'd like to have one of each every year. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I, I shoot mean, so much. I know, know yeah. I, but you, you're able, at least you're able to, like, shoot them all and find out which one's shooting the best for you. Yeah, no, I get to play with all of them. And then sometimes it gets down to two, and that makes it tough. And mm -hmm. so the manufacturers want me to shoot their bow, but you just got to pick one. Yeah. How – um. How do you like that cam system Bowtech runs? It's nice. I like the back wall. It's solid. When you pull back, it's like there's no mush. It's just solid. You're it's right, right there. You're anchored. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. I mean, Bowtech's just as good as these other ones. You shoot, you do not feel the shot. Right. No, I don't. It's quiet, and it just stops. And Bowtech, I love Bowtech's adjustability for tuning. Loosen a set screw, mm -hmm. move the deadlock, you're done. You know, yeah. you don't need to press or anything. There's no... Moving shims, PSC's new shim system's nice. I can shim a PSC bow in like 45 seconds. Oh, yeah. So that's nice. But the Bowtech's the easiest. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wish everybody could go to Bowtech system because of how easy it is. It's like an Allen wrench, and you loosen yeah, it up and move it. you loosen the set screw and slide the cam back and forth, yeah. whatever it is, and you're yeah. done. I mean, literally in seconds, you can have the thing tuned. Yeah, and currently, I, I still, my Realm X is still on that uh, split yoke system. Yeah, so. Which I, I 
when I used to tinker on my own bow, it I didn't have a problem with it. You just count your twists and you laser it out and you're okay, you yeah. know, and it, we were able to figure it out. Um, but like I could see how you could screw that up real quick. Yeah, but you, know? I mean, you could tune any bow. It's just they've na- they're making the tunability easier and easier, all which the is time. good. It is good. <laughs> if you yeah. if like I like Matthews' system where like if you had a string issue, you can change it. Yeah, in the field. Yeah. Like I like that. I think that's that's really yeah. Cool. That stay a field cord mm-hmm. works pretty slick. I like it. I think it's a smart move. And um, you know, if you're way back there and you can't get to a pro shop, that's that's a good move. Yeah. Luckily, I have a really good really small portable press I take on my, like when I go to Alaska or something, yeah. which has saved my butt a couple of times. Right. Um, but with the Matthews, yeah, that stay a field cord. You're no matter what, you're good to go. That's, that's, that's rad. Do you think all of them will eventually come out with that? Or you think that's patented? Oh, it's patented. Everything's patented. These bow companies, they try and steal and change things a little <laughs> bit, but they get caught sometimes and get sued. <laughs> so. <laughs> They're all playing. <laughs> yeah, they all have to kind of come up with their own design or yeah. take something from their guy and tweak it quite a bit well, to make it a, their own. It's a huge industry. I, I can tell you that. It's a yeah. huge industry. You know, <laughs> these industries are going crazy. Yeah, well, they keep coming up with good products, so as long as they keep doing that, they yeah. keep everybody's interest. Yeah, If we just sure. keep the price from skyrocketing, it's getting kind of nuts anymore. But yeah. yeah, a lot of the companies kept their price the same or only went up like 20 30 bucks. That was kind of nice this year to see that. They didn't jump up 50 to 100 bucks. The lift didn't go up super high? No, it just went up, I think, like 30 bucks. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. PSC kept most all their prices the same as last year, and... Hoyt just went up a little tiny bit too, so Gosh dang. yeah. I wish they'd just stop for a while and leave the prices, you know, so you can yeah. actually buy a bow. Yeah, that that's the dilemma with these bows. But you know, I feel like when you buy a new bow, you're not. You know how like sometimes you'll have like buyer's remorse. Yeah, because there's no value in it, or you feel like there's no value in what you paid for. Yeah, when you if if you were to buy any one of these bows right here in front of us. There's value in that. There's a tangible item in front of you that you're going to shoot for years. It's not good for six months. No, you could. it'll last you a it, lifetime yeah, if you want. Yeah, you take care of it. Yeah. Take care of Change it. Change the strings, and, and I got guys bringing in their 30-year-old oh, yeah. bows and still shooting the same bow. Absolutely. No, I mean, I feel like if it's 30 years old, I mean, I feel like technology. Well, that's what's kind of yeah. funny. We were talking about that the other day because a 30-year-old bow today – you look at it, and it's got this big old giant fat riser, and the yeah. limbs are swept way up, and little tiny cams and wheels. And we're like, look at what's changed in 30 years. It's like, what do you think they might do 30 years from now? Right. That we aren't, we can't even fathom, you, you know? Can't. You know, all with these, you know, I mean, this is probably so far out there, but with these 3D printers and materials that are yeah. being made through this stuff, dude, don't be surprised <laughs> if they start just printing carbon, you know? Like, yeah. and I, making, weird stuff like that you know yeah I'd, i won't be alive by then but it'd be curious to see you know what, what's going to happen 30 years from now to where i look at the bow i have today and go oh man what an antique you know Dude, look at what they've done but right you can't like they're so futuristic looking like that you can't i couldn't imagine what they're going to look like they got to have that they're they're all short limbed. The angles are basically straight. Well, yeah, I just thirty years ago I could never pictured what no, I'm looking at right no, now. No, you couldn't. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. They're just so much more advanced now than they were then. Yeah, well, technology isn't slowing down either. So no, I mean, like you said, like speed wise, you're really not going to get any faster than that. I don't know though. <clears throat> I mean, that's just. I know you said it's kind of like physics, but crossbows are unreal. Well, crossbows—they're going to super heavy limbs. Right. That's why they got a winch system to crank well, correct. them back. Correct. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like, the, yeah, you're probably right. No, I mean, who knows though? I mean, like I said, we don't know what technology is going to do that far out. It could I don't be think something you, that changes it completely. I mean, really, I—I I feel like, I feel like you. I mean, speed is a, like more speed is always cool, right? But I mean, how much more speed do you need? You really don't. These things I mean, are look, so and fast. Look at recurves. Right. Recurves are the same as they were 30 years ago yeah. or longer, and they still shoot really good. Dude. So that was kind of cool on traditional bows that they didn't see a need to really change. They maybe change the materials it's made out of so they're a little more fat, you know, more speed in them, but they're still made the exact, you know, same shape. They do the same thing, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, that's kind of cool to see yeah. that that technology necessarily. The shape that's growing like crazy. I went to 3D at Aranko last Sunday, and I bet – more than half of the people that were shooting traditional. Oh, really? Yeah. It used to be a, just a small group. Right. Man, from the kids to the seniors, men, women, everything. Right. It's just 
trad bows like you would not believe. That'd be cool, man. So check this out. Imagine if they made archery season, traditional archery only. They do. You go up to Oregon, they got a trad only area. In California. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. cool. That'd be cool, man. If you... <laughs> California should let us hunt state parks with traditional yeah. only. <laughs> I'd do it. I used to, I oh, shot yeah. years with my trad. I wouldn't mind doing it again on oh, something like fun, that. man. Yeah, dude, it, it's wild where these where these bows are going and the amount of money and and research that's going into them. Yeah. You know, it's insane. It, it's wild. But, man, do they shoot good. I mean, oh, yeah. you sit there at 80 yards and stack mm-hmm. them in there. You just stack them. You could easily stack them, you know. It, it basically the wind the wind's the deterring factor. If you're a seasoned shooter, yeah. you know the only thing's blowing you off is the wind. Well, I get new people in here all the time, and I tell them, I said, "Give me about 15 shots, and you're going to feel really comfortable with the bow, even if you've never touched a bow before." Mm-hmm. And it's always that's what works. You know, 15 shots later, they're shooting like they've done it forever. You right. know, it feels comfortable. You know what they're doing. And I said, and before you leave with your new bow, you're going to be hitting the bullseye at 20 yards. And mm-hmm. I go, "Oh yeah, right. I've never shot. It ain't going to happen." Well, I said, these bows are yeah. so well-made. Oh, yeah. I'm going to just tell you how to do it, and all you got to do is pull the trigger and hold the bow up, and you're going to hit the spot. Yeah. They're stacking arrows, and, you know, sometimes we even get Robin Hoods. Mm-hmm. Brand-new guy, you know, shooting a spot and get a Robin Hood just at 20 kidding. yards. And then, like, honestly, I've told many of the listeners before, you know, that have hit us up saying, oh, you know, I want to get a bow or whatever. The easiest site to get is, like, that Trophy Ridge React Pro, that five-pin. You set your 20, mess with your 30, you get it good, man. You're, you're literally stacking 50, 60 yards. Yeah, no, I mean, you can be efficient with a compound pretty darn quick. Yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty, pretty dang quick. It's wild how, how uh, they're just easy to shoot. Yeah. If you have the right fundamentals, they're easy to shoot. It's like, you know, if you're used to shooting some big old 300 Ultra, Right, kicks you, your dad's or your grandpa's gun just blows a hole in your shoulder every time you shoot it, right? And then you get behind your buddy's new Christensen Arm Ridge Line 65 yeah. Creedmoor, and the thing just yeah. barely taps you. Don't you don't feel anything. You don't feel anything. <laughs> you know, big old muzzle break on. It's just like clank. Yeah. That's it. And you're just like, wow. It's like, what's going on right here? It's- yeah, because now bow doesn't jump out of your hand, doesn't move anywhere. Mm-mm. You just Mm-mm. have to hold it still and pull the trigger. Oh, they're beautiful. It is what it is. Well, listen, man, we've been going for over an hour. Okay. You know. Time to go home. Yeah, time to go home. Thanks for coming on. Anytime. That was fun. Hey, real quick, touch about our leagues that we put on or that you put on, man. <clears throat> well, we are actually just started our uh, Vegas League, nine-week league. We start, I think we've already shot two, two yeah, nights. we did. But you can still jump in if you want. So we're doing Vegas rules. It's going to end the week before Vegas. So we're shooting Vegas targets. We've got a timer clock up on the wall. Uh, shooting top and bottom targets, switching halfway. So pretty much everything you would do in Vegas, uh, just so you can kind of work your nerves out if mm-hmm. you're nervous about it, haven't done it in a year or two. And it's also really good practice because we're shooting, you know, 30 arrows every Thursday night, Yep. you know, at that spot, you know, so you're getting the reps in. Because, I mean, if you want to do good in Vegas, you got to do reps. Right. you got to get the shots in. So that's what this league's for. I mean, most of the serious guys are shooting a lot more than that, but it just helps them to come in, stand shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. having that clock ticking, you know, Correct. so everything's kind of same kind of pressure you're going to get there. Um, so it's just a lot of fun. And then on the last night, we're going to have a pizza party yeah, like we always and, do. And we, how many, how many leagues do you have uh, a year? Shoot, I don't know. We almost run, as soon as the league is over, we start a new one. Like two weeks later, a new one yeah, starts. Yeah, sometimes the next week. This one, like, Vegas we won't because Vegas is the next week after this one ends, so we'll give it a week off. Mm -hmm. And then we change the targets up. We might shoot a five spot. We might shoot the three spot. I do one called a fun league that guys like, uh, guys and girls, where I don't tell them what target we're shooting. So every night night we shoot is different. Mm -hmm. I might – I even sometimes take – everybody comes in, I tell them, okay, everybody put your bows back in your case. Everybody take this 20-pound recurve mm. and shoot these 500-spine arrows, which is a little heavy, yeah, yeah. and try and hit the balloons down there 20 yards. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and nobody can. Even the guy shooting recurve, they're like, oh, this thing's too slow. I can't hit nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we do all kinds of fun stuff like that, you know, and just change it up, make it fun. Right. Well, yeah, guys, listen, um, if you guys are interested in it, feel free to hit me up uh, on Ridge Ridge Outdoors um, Instagram account. Uh, I, this is actually my third league that I'm shooting actually this Vegas one. So I'm, I'm super cool. I'm super pumped to go shoot with Travis. I haven't shot with Trav yet, but yeah, he shot today because yeah, he, he missed the 
two first two, mm-hmm. which you can do two book scores. Correct. And uh, he has to be at all the rest of them. But he came in today and did a 300 with 29 X's. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny, man. I'm going to start calling him Levi. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, he's mean, excited. He entered the pro class again this year. Uh, good for him. I'm pumped <laughs> He's working him. on it. So he's been starting to get 300s consistent. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, you get, you have to to be in the pro class. Yeah. Where you're not going to play. Right. But he's figuring it out and having a lot of fun. So. I'm excited for him. I was texting him earlier. I'm like, dude, you can do it, man. Like, just, just have fun doing it. Yeah. And I think you can do it. You know, I mean, if he hits that three times in a row, man, he's going to be in the money. Oh, yeah. He's going to go to the shoot-off. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, which, they even have a $10,000 shoot-off there, dude, you know? Which is At cool. the end of the day, they take all the 300s and they do a, a, a shoot-off. So, he's in on that. You yeah. never know. I mean, that could be anybody. It could, it could be anybody. Yeah. And, you know, there's a ton of stuff that comes along with that outside of just accomplishing his goal. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm excited for him. You know, every time me and Trav talk, this is beyond... <laughs> Every time we talk, it's either talking shit to each other <laughs> or laughing about someone else, you yeah. know? Like, it's just how our conversations go. And, and I've been telling them, like, dude, I'm pumped for you. I can't, like, I can't wait to see how you do. You're yeah. doing very well. Like, keep it up, you know? Like, comes a long way from the old target panic. Oh, yeah. He had target you, panic you know? so bad for almost nine years mm-hmm. that he just about gave up archery because he mm-hmm. just finally said, I can't do it. That's I crazy. can't hit nothing. Right. I mean, he, he would miss it 20 yards. He would Wild. throw the bow so bad. Yep. Then when I bought the shop, Connor showed him a hinge release, and it was like somebody turned a switch. Night and day. All of a sudden, I can't touch him anymore. Mm. He's, He's good. I get close sometimes, and that really bothers him if like, I start catching up. <laughs> there, are some, there are some shooters locally that have platforms yeah. that are extremely good shots okay yeah and they can't hold a candle to travis yeah no way no he's no uh, way he really got into it what he once he found out he could shoot without the panic oh yeah it's just like everything opened up for oh, him dude he, just, he, he would go to any one of these because i know you guys go to Aronco a lot yeah but he would go down south and and shoot any of these 3d shoots that we got going on locally with the, yeah. you know all the guys and stuff yeah come on trav (laughs) come on down it's funny we go out to renko and we walk the course you know on sundays and shoot and we're all shooting we shoot two arrows at every target as we Mm -hmm. walk around and we're like you know we're all in the spot generally but travis arrows is in the center spot and both arrows are almost touching yeah we're like what the hell (laughs) he's just he's very good at it yeah and and some people can do it and it's like you know in his head at night when he is sitting there relaxing, maybe going to sleep, hanging out, his wife's reading a book or whatever they're doing, oh boy, sitting there running that through his head. Like there's no way a guy gets that good without being. Well, I figure he's sitting there going, "Man, my dad really taught me good." Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> keep telling yourself that. You know, like I just, I'm, I'm proud of him. It's cool, man. Well, listen, dude, I appreciate it. If any of you guys want to get a new bow, get your bow tuned, have some work done on your bow pick up any hunting accessory that you need um feel free to come up to willow creek and temecula make sure you guys come in enjoy the shop it's great it's awesome he's got 15 lanes i think in a shoot 12 or 15 lanes in the shooting range right yeah yep got a ton of ton of lanes to shoot in get a card when's this podcast gonna drop i'm gonna put it out monday okay so anybody that comes in that mentions this podcast in the month of December, I'll give you 5% off anything here. You better do it. You better do it for sure. Uh, I appreciate it, man. No problem. It's fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Casting's Let's fun, go get man. another hunt going. I know, right? I got to wait till January when Havelina's so starts. I still have my A22, and I got Arizona left for December, and then I'm done. Yeah, I got an Arizona tag I could use. I might be able to go down for one weekend. My buddy's ranch said mm-hmm. he's got a couple bucks running around, so. Yep. Might try that, but then javelina and deer. Then I got the Mexico coos deer in in February, so we'll see what happens. Well, listen, we'll get you back on, okay, bud? Sounds good. All right, guys, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you later.